Let's open the word of the Lord to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Then we're going to move a moment to Genesis chapter 22. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Then we go down to Genesis chapter 22, verse 15. Genesis chapter 22, verse 15. The word of the Lord reads as follows. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven, and he said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, and you have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Father, thank you for your word. Dear Holy Spirit, I pray, teach us, reveal to us your truths in this day that we might walk by faith and love that we might walk in your power and your authority, that we might walk in your joy and your peace. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. I wanted to share that today because we have been very focused in getting out of the four walls. It's unfortunate that many times the church becomes myopic and becomes very insular. And, and it's us four and no more. And we become comfortable with the 50 that are there, the 100 that are there, the 30 that are there, wherever the church may be. And that was never God's intention. God's intention was always to bless and to multiply and to expand his family. Amen. And when he spoke to Abram, notice the two names, Abram and Abraham. When he spoke to Abram, he made a promise to a man. And then this man went through many years of a process. Uh, remember when uh, Pastor um, Mercy was sharing that when God calls you, then he processes you. One of the tests that God gave Abram was that after giving him a miracle son at age, I don't know, 90 or so, he had promised him a son. And meanwhile, he grew very old, didn't have a son. His wife was very old. They were in their 90s, I believe. And suddenly, they have a miracle child. And then after that child grows a little, God says, I want that boy. Give me that boy. But here's the problem. God had said, I'm going to use that boy. And through you, all the nations are going to be blessed. Amen. And it's going to be through that boy. God even named the boy. Amen. And then now, suddenly, God's asking him for a sacrifice. So Abraham, the Bible says, he knew God. And he knew his voice. And he said, that's God talking to me. He wants the boy, fine. But he's going to have to give him back to me. He's going to have to resurrect him. Because he promised me something. That's how much faith Abraham had yeah. in, in that relationship with God. And so he takes him out, sets him up for an offering. When the child asks, he says, what's happening? He says, we're going to go to worship. He didn't say, I'm going to go offer something. He said, I'm going to go worship. See, worship is much more than just lifting up your hands. Worship is saying to Almighty God, I declare that you are my source. You are my everything. And everything I have, I submit it to you. And in that relationship, you know God's not going to take from you. He's going to give to you. Amen. God is a giving God. Amen. 
And many people are afraid of a relationship with God because they think God's going to take away from them. No. You can never outgive God. It's just impossible. Physically impossible. David in his prayer mentioned that. He said, God, here we are to offer to you. He says, but what do I have that I can offer you that you haven't given to me? Everything on this earth is a blessing from God. Is, you know, we're born naked, but little by little, we see how God gives us. He gives us from the trees. He gives us from the ground. He gives us resources. What do I mean? Well, food comes from trees. Food comes from animals. We are Lord over animals. God told us that in, in the book of Genesis. But also the ground. Are you aware? I'm going to say this for those of you that are just visiting for the first time. Uh, the congregation here already knows where I'm coming from. Are you aware that there were helicopters in the book of Genesis? Are you aware that there were airplanes in the book of Genesis? Everybody's going, oh, where are you going? <laughs> well, think about it. Where do you think the ore came from? The metal, the steel, the gold, the brass comes from. Where do you think the plastic comes from? It comes from the ground. It comes from resources. So the helicopter was there in its resource form. Some people say, oh. Other people say, ah. <laughs> well, think about it. It was always there. So what God does is he gives us everything in resource form. Then he gives us a vision. Then he gives us a picture of something that doesn't exist as if it already was occurring. And that's the beauty of our relationship with Almighty God because when we get a glimpse of the future, when we, we get a glimpse of His wisdom, we're able to create things in the natural realm that we need today and in the future. Somebody saw a bridge before it was ever done. Think about it. We see bridges old and new all over the world. And, and before bridges were there, men would go, you know, I'd love to visit my, my cousin Harry over there, but really to pass this gorge, it's going to take me a whole week. Because I have to walk 10 miles down until the mountains go down. Then go all the way down there and all the way there. It takes me about three weeks to get to, you know, uncle's house, right? Now one day one guy said, Hey, George, how about we throw a rope all the way across? He goes, you know, it's not too bad of a problem. Maybe we take two ropes and a third rope on the bottom and we'll walk across like this. What do you think? Say, That's even better. And then little by little, you know, they saw things that were not there. As if they were. And the Bible says in the book of Romans that God calls things that are not as though they were. So when God spoke to Abram, he wasn't speaking to his present. He was speaking to his future. And then what happened was God put him through a process. The process was he tested his faithfulness. He tested to see whether Abraham was going to take the resources and the, the ideas and heap it upon himself or was he going to share it. See, share it with his children. Share it with this community. And in each and every case, God, uh, Abraham put God first. Abraham did the right thing. And then in verse 22, or rather in chapter 22, he takes the kid, puts him on the sacrifice, the altar sacrifice, ready to you know, present him to the Lord. And the angel shows up and says, no, no, don't do it. We were just testing your heart. So I wanted to know what you would do in this situation. And even in this, you honor me. So that's when God says to him, by myself, verse 16 of Genesis 22, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, you have not withheld your son, your only son. In other words, that which was most precious to him. God wasn't interested in taking his son away. God just wanted to know, was he first in his heart? And that's where all of us have to go. 
your Isaac is going to be something totally different. But make no mistake about it. God wants to unleash upon you a blessing that you can't contain. He wants to unleash on you such a blessing that not only would it bless you and your immediate family, but it would be as a conduit, a pouring out to those around you. But before he does that, he tests you. Because if you have the wrong motives, when he gives you resources, ideas, concepts, you take them for yourself, you spend it, misspend it, throw it away, and the people that God wants to bless through you won't receive the resource, won't receive the ministry that they should be receiving. You see? So God first must process us to get us to the place where we realize, even if I had a million dollars today, God is first. And I'm sad to say, many Christians sometimes get more money, they stop going to church. They stop serving on the committees. They stop praying. They stop, I'm too busy, can't go. No, that's when you got to pray more. The more you get, the more you need to pray. The more you get, the more you need to spend time with God because the world can consume you. A job can consume you. Anybody here knows what I'm talking about? Sometimes you could get so busy, so stressed out that you don't have time, sometimes not even to sleep. That is a mistake. Because that job will take you, eat you up, and then spit you out. And then they go, next victim, I mean next employee. Oh, I'm serious. Uh, some people work 30 years for a company expecting a great retirement, and then they give them a watch, a ro- uh, not even a Rolex. They give them like a Timex. A what? Folex. A Folex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never heard that one before. A Folex. Sometimes they don't give them anything. They give them the last check and, and, and the speech. Sorry, it's nothing personal, just business. We're downsizing, you know. That's right, downsizing. And you thought you had this great relationship. You thought you were indispensable, and you found out you're very expendable. But when we have our heart in the right place and God's in the center, God says, you don't understand. My blessing supersedes a job. My blessing supersedes circumstance. And God told Abram, he says, I'm going to change your name now. I'm going to make your name father of many nations. And all the nations through you will be blessed. I'm going to do a work through you that's going to continue going on from generation to generation. And I'm going to bless you and I'm going to multiply you. And then he said this, I'm going to multiply your descendants. So the descendants have the same multiplicative blessing that he does. It will manifest itself differently because it's a different generation. But what I wanted to get to was as we're reaching out to our friends, our co-laborers, our neighbors, we're reminding them that they have the same authority and the same blessing through Christ Jesus. Let me read to you a couple of other verses because we'll tie it together. We understand what God said to this man, but what is God saying to us today? In Galatians chapter 3 verse 16, Galatians chapter 3 verse 16, it says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Notice it doesn't say to Abraham only. The promise was to Abraham and his seed. It does not say and or two seeds as of many, but as of one. And to your seed who is Christ. So in Christ, and that's the connection right there. And that's how we become one family. All those that come to saving faith in Christ. All those that would say to the Lord Jesus Christ, We know you died for me. I receive your sacrifice. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Something happens in the heavens. The Father accepts you now as one of his sons and daughters. Through Christ. 
And it goes a lot deeper, but I want to start there. That's the tie-in between Abraham and us, Christ. Because Christ was his seed. So all those that are in Christ become part of the seed. Because God's not interested in making church members. He's interested in sons and daughters. Amen. Hallelujah. So when you become a son and daughter of Almighty God in Christ, and that's why I get excited when somebody comes to Christ, because literally their inheritance is shifting. Their family is shifting. They come into a family that's blessed. They're empowered, not by a natural structure, but they're empowered by Almighty God Himself. And nobody can stop that. That's a power greater than any other power. Amen. We appreciate here in the natural, we were talking about authority before. Uh, some of us are police officers here. And you understand you have authority. And with that authority comes responsibility. But you know that you have the right to go up to a person and say, what you're doing is wrong, come with me. Uh, you need to spend an evening in the pen. And you have the right to do that. And that person has to go with you. And if need be, you, have, you can use force to make sure those, person, those people are pro properly apprehended. Because they stole, because they did something vicious, whatever it may be. They broke a law. You have authority. And when they say, well, who are you? You go, badge, ID. The ID says duly empowered as a police officer. Right? And that's real authority. Later on, that person wants to sue. They'll go to court. The justice was a problem. Well, he, he, mis he uh, you know, just treated me wrong, and he put me inside a pen. He says, well, who is he? Officer so-and-so. He's authorized. She's authorized. The judge won't say anything else than that. He says, this is our representative. We sent them, and we gave them power, and the government will back them up, right? Same thing in the spirit realm. When you go out there to your job, you're walking, you're a walking authoritative individual you have power in, in the book of Acts the Lord said via his prophets you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses so we have power that word power there in the Greek is explosive dunamis explosive power it's the same root word that we get the word dynamite from we have dynamite authority dynamite power so when God was speaking to Abraham, he was also speaking to me. Exactly. When God was speaking to Abraham, he was also speaking to you. So tell your neighbor, he was talking to you. We are authorized. We are empowered Amen. to be blessed. Amen. Praise God. So in Galatians 3.26, it says, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. Here's the tie-in. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So we are heirs of the blessing of Abraham. So what God blessed Abraham with, God now blesses us with. Abraham was a man of much authority. If you go back to that uh, Genesis 22, it says, Blessing, I will bless you. That word bless means empowered. That word blessed means to be authorized. That word blessed means to be endued with favor. When you're endued with favor, my God, things go your way. Even if the enemy tries to mess you up, God will suddenly, he'll just somehow or another turn that thing around. 
Hallelujah. Amen. And I praise God because I've seen that in my life over and over. Where I know I lost. I don't have a chance. And somewhere along the line, bam. The blessing of God comes forth in some way, shape, or form. Something that I never thought. Something that I never expected. And boom. I'm on top again, or I get the victory, or I get the deliverance, or whatever it may be. I don't know. I'm not God, but I know my God. I don't have to know everything. I just have to know Him. He knows everything. Praise God. So He was blessed by Almighty God. Another thing, He was also blessed with understanding and wisdom. My man knew how to make a deal. Oh, yeah, wherever He went, He would prosper. Year after year, he just kept on increasing. It was not just increase of sons and daughters and grandchildren, whatever, through his son, Isaac. This man started multiplying. And yet, some Christians say, oh, you know, we're losing here, we're losing there. Well, you, know, you, you need to really start taking authority over your situation. Amen. You really need to, you know, you said, I've had it with this. You know, here I am, a walking prince or a walking princess, because you are. The Bible says we're kings and priests unto our God. The Bible says we're royal priesthood. Not just a priesthood, we're a holy priesthood. We are marked by God. Hallelujah. There are times I walk through places and people that, you know, they dabble in the occult, they'll look at me, they'll say, "Uh, we don't want to mess with you. I'm serious. And I don't have to say a thing. They just know it. Because it's the anointing. And I don't have to be walking around with, oh, go, oh, glory. Oh, I don't, have to, I don't have to walk around like that. I could just walk. Oh, I'm serious. Some people are funny that way. I don't have to do any of that because it has nothing to do with a feeling. Sometimes I am sure of it. Let me ask you, Minister Al, do some, sometimes you wake up in the morning. Do you feel like a cop? Uh, no. Sometimes. He said no. Sometimes he doesn't feel like a sometimes police officer. Don't, yeah. Sometimes you don't, right? Sometimes you don't even want to go to work. Ah, today I don't want to. Huh? Especially in the last three weeks, right? (laughs) But he still still is. It has nothing to do with how I feel. I'm authorized. I am anointed. Say to your neighbor, I'm anointed. anointed. See, so what has happened somewhere along the line in Christianity, we have made a shift in, in our belief system, in our mind. And we think... That if we feel something, if my hair stand up suddenly, I go to church and they sung the right song. And the pitch was just right. And they, would, they started, you know, dancing and, and celebrating and, and the preachers started preaching just the right way. You know what I mean? Sometimes preachers can move you, right? There's some preachers, oh, glory. You know, I'm feeling this. You know, now I'm getting my helpers coming on. Hey, I know how to do that. I'm serious. I have a lot of friends. And, you know, some of our friends, we, we confess in private places, us pastors. We cry to each other. We, we talk with each other. We pray with each other. And some of those that you think are the most anointed, they're one moment away from giving up. All right? So don't let performance fool you. But the bottom line is, you are anointed. But in order to be able to walk in that authority, you have to walk it practically. And most people, they're happy when things are going their way. And they know God's with them when things are going their way. I got a couple of ums on. At least that one. I, I'm all right. I'm all right. Before I wasn't getting anything. 
I wasn't even getting a nothing. I'm getting something now. But when things don't go your way, you don't feel well. When things don't go your way, God's not with you. That's wrong. That is just so wrong. So you mean to tell me that day that you don't feel like you're a cop? Bloomberg made a call or something like that, and he said, today he's not a police officer. Huh? Of course not. That doesn't make sense. But yet we think that way, many of us, in the kingdom of God. I don't have to feel good in order for the anointing to flow. I don't have to be in the mood to pray for somebody so that they could be healed. Or No, sometimes the worst time possible, people come to you in a, in a, with a need. Sometimes you're tired, you don't want to minister, and that's the time to minister. That's the, kind of, that's the time when God will send you. I got three amens and, a, and, and I got about ten malocules. About ten people are going like, oh, you're meddling now. I don't like this. I, I was happy in this church until pastor started to meddle. I'm, try, I'm trying to hit you right where you live because we need to become word-based Christians. Amen. We need to learn how to live by faith and love and stop living by emotion. Yes. Amen. Because I guarantee you, you're going to have fights. I guarantee you, you're going to have battles in the spirit. You know, the more you grow in God, the more the enemy is going to try to pick at you because he doesn't want you evangelizing. He doesn't want you sharing your faith. He doesn't want you getting out there and sharing this truth with other people who will also come to saving faith in Christ and also become heirs with the same blessing that you have. When we're out there ministering to our friends and our neighbors, we are sharing that by revelation. We're sharing that because we know they need to know this too. It would be similar to you having a million dollars and yet you don't know it. What if somebody gave you a gift and they made a mistake? So here's a, here's a gift card, $25, right? And they give it to you, right? What would you do with $25? What would you do? Buy a gift. Buy a gift? Like what? What would you do? $25. $25. Buy some groceries? You can't buy many groceries with... $25. Milk, bread. Yeah, milk or bread. Right, right. But what if, what if the person made a mistake and he didn't give you $25? He gave you $250,000 on the gift card. You say, are you sure that's for me? No, no, but you don't know because it only says $25. is not that a terrible thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you find out, you know, you get 25 bucks to the lady and the lady goes, thinking, okay, you only have... Two hundred and forty-nine thousand nine hundred seventy-five dollars and seventy-five cents. You say what? <laughs> you say, and there are many people in the kingdom of God. God gives you a gift card of a million dollars, I say, and you're only operating on ten, like 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 ten dollars or something, ten dollars worth of anointing. And God is saying, why? Why are my people living there when I've given them this? Yes. You're walking way low, way below your level of authority. You are a prince. And, and you're not a princess of Zamunda. You're, you're prince of... A... <laughs> Wherever that's at. <laughs> well, it's a, it was a movie, actually. Yeah. Coming to America. To yeah, those you know. Some people say, huh? Where? <laughs> I studied geography. There's no Zamunda. But think about it. We, we, we're, 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 walk, we're walking as paupers and God has made us princes. So here this man Abraham, 
had an awesome ability look at things to look at things and to be able to trade and to be able to do business and to be able to identify things that didn't exist praise God he had the ability to do battle and win one time uh, one of his family members got in trouble he said guys let's go he went to battle defeated the enemy released his his family member and then went over and met the priest and gave him a tithe that's that's how he operated and the priest blessed him this man knew how to do battle today it confounds me as to how much of us don't do battle anymore when we get hit we're <laughs> oh, just such a victim you're not a victim you're the victor and I'm told me my name is Victor no but I'm talking about conqueror the Bible says we are more than conquerors in Christ so when the enemy hits you, you got to hit back. you got to hit harder. You don't want to just get back with, now you say, oh, your enemy took from me too? Now I'm going to take four from you. And you pray and you make your declarations and you, and you heal. If there's any wounds that you have from the past, do you know you have the right to turn that thing around? The enemy wants to come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Abraham knew how to negate those things. And to bring back everything that the enemy stole from him. God has given you the authority to take back what the enemy stole. Amen. And you don't have to use guns. And you don't have to use knives. And you don't have to use curses. You could do it in your prayer. You could do it in your declarations. You could do it in love. You could shift this thing around. And by God, it's time that you begin doing so. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you're, you're authorized. You're absolutely authorized. Tell your neighbor, you're authorized. Praise God. And then another thing about Abraham is, and, and this blesses me. In Isaiah 61, verse 10, Isaiah 61, verse 10, it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks herself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Notice, he covered me with a robe of righteousness. The word righteousness means right standing with God. Righteousness means authorization or permission to come into his presence and permission to be part of his family. That's soak a bit. He has covered you and he has covered me with a robe of righteousness. So if righteousness means authorized to be able to come into his presence, authorized to be part of his family, authorized to be in right standing with God, what does that mean when somebody comes to you, I know who you are, I know your past, I know what you've done. My answer is, who cares? That's right. God covered me with righteousness. So my past no longer has any hold over my present nor over my future. I might have messed up in the past, but never mind. It's done. It has no power over me anymore. There, there was this guy who, who shared it this way, and it really blessed me. I saw it the best way when he shared it this way. See, in the court of heaven, you see God, the just judge. Then you have two lawyers on either side. You have the accusing attorney, and the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Then you have on this side, Jesus, our advocate. So you're standing with Jesus, 
and Jesus is there standing with you. And then it's the devil's turn. He goes up to the righteous God, the righteous judge, whom you can't lie to. So the enemy can go only into heaven with truth. You can't use a lie because you can't lie to God. So he'll come with truth. He says, that man or that woman did this, 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 this. Therefore, he's in sin. Therefore, he's alienated from the presence of God. Therefore, he needs judgment. And the father will say, okay, you have spoken truth. Okay, my son. He says, father, this man received me. This woman received me. Look at my scars. I died for him on the cross. And you know the covenant and the pact I made. That whoever comes to me, you see them like you see me. So this man or this woman is covered with a robe of righteousness. So all of those accusations are null and void in this court. Mm. So the just judge, he weighs and he says, boom, hands down the gavel. And he says, innocent. See, to, to some of you today, that's a revelation. Because the enemy's been toying with you. Yeah, you're this, you're this. You're never going to mount anything. This happened to you. You were that, you were that. You're this and the other. You were. But the Bible says when we come to Christ, we become new creations. And part of the new creation is that now you're clothed in righteousness. And when the enemy tries to bring accusation to you, he can't. He has no longer any power in the court of heaven. Because God sees you just like he sees Christ. You are part of his family now. And he loves you with an eternal love. And nothing can take that away from you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because you're a child of God. You're a co-heir with Abraham. You have the same blessing as Abraham. You're also covered with the robe of righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. So when I understood that, even though I still saw my past and I saw my mistakes and I saw the lineage of my family and this and that and the other, I realized that God stopped the root of sin in my life. He stopped the root of failure in my life. Not that I don't fail, but now I fail into success. Just because you fail don't mean you're a failure. See, the way we learn is by failing. But some people, they fail and then they, they shut down. You know, we have children here. Some are just learning to walk. And, and, you know, just the other day, you know, my grandson, he took the first step. So he would go like this. And then fall. What, what, what do we do? Oh, man, you failed. No. We go, yay. And he goes, did I? Right? Okay, I'll start again. And just the other day, they, they spent a couple of days out. They went to, I don't know, Pennsylvania somewhere. And they showed me a video. My wife and I, we had so much fun with that video. Because now, since he found his legs, by virtue of failing, so he's there and he's taking a video. He's saying, Judah, and he's looking, hey, how you doing? And, and suddenly he goes, and he looks, and something catches his eye. Not in the store where they're at, not in the play area where they're at, but outside the store. So literally, like within three seconds, he goes, hey. <laughs> and he ran out. And, uh, and, and so Brandon's running after him saying, Judah, where are you going? <laughs> so we have that in a video. Well, well yeah, he, he, I don't know what mission it was, but he was on a mission. But the point is, is he couldn't have done that if he wouldn't have done this. Praise God. So if you fail, good, excellent. You're getting into the practice of succeeding. You're not a failure. You're a success. 
and it's line upon line, precept upon precept. So when I make that first step, I'm getting better. Next time I'm going to do two steps. If I had a business before and it failed, so I'm going to do another one. Praise God. It's for His glory anyway because I'm going to take some of them resources, build the kingdom of God with it, take care of my family. Amen. I'm going to be a witness in my community. In my job, I might have messed up before. I might have lost my temper. But this time, I'm going to turn around. And people are going to look at me and say, something's weird with that guy. Why? Because he's acting nice now. No, no, no. no. He realizes now he's a prince. He realizes now that he has an authority to change the atmosphere. Sometimes it only takes one person to change the atmosphere of a job. Amen. Amen. When I came into my job, there were some serious issues. And when I would go down there, there was a lot of curses, you know, a lot of footness all over the place. Everybody footing here, footing there. And let me tell you, after a while, I say, you know, I'm here, right? Yeah, I don't like that. I appreciate that. I want you to speak life to me. I want you to speak positively to me. And right now, they don't. They come into my office. There is no footness. If you don't, if you don't have anything good to say, just smile. Amen. <laughs> you see, but it's changed. Before, a lot of, you know, and then a lot of smoking. And, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. This is America. You do what you want. Just don't do it in my office. Right? So now they don't. Take it off. That's it. Come. They'll talk and we'll share. Respect. I appreciate them. I encourage them. Uh, you know, if they have a problem, I encourage them. See, but the atmosphere has shifted. And I determined to be part of the shifting of the atmosphere. And today you're here because God is reminding you that you're the one that's been authorized and sent by God. Remember that word that uh, the minister or Pastor Mercy said? That God calls us. He processes us. Then he sends us. Well, guess what? You've been sent. Amen. You've been sent by Almighty God. And so it's time now for you to take your eyes off of some of the little things that have been happening that you have allowed to become big in your life. They really aren't. They're just anthills. And to see now the big picture. He says, now I'm a princess with Almighty God. I'm a prince with Almighty God. What does God want me to change today? And go in there and you need to start speaking life. Speaking to the future. Remember, Abram was called Abraham, and God said, Now I call you Abraham. You will be a father of many nations. You need to start praying and see the prophetic future of your co workers. You need to start uh, prophesying over your children, over your grandchildren. Prophesy over your mother, over your father, over your brother. You need to start prophesying the word of the Lord to them. Ah, it's too hard. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I'm nothing. No greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Amen. I can't do it. No, you're more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you. Hallelujah. You still have to start prophesying the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And you watch that things are going to start changing. Why? Because you're authorized to do so. You are blessed with believing Abraham. And finally, the way to do that is to connect with him. So if God's been fighting with you, and you've been there, you've been saying, I know i got to do this thing, but uh, you know, I just don't want to be part of a church. Uh, you know, if I do it, I want to be serious. I want to I do it when I know I'm ready. Ready? You were born ready. That's right. God made you a, a priest. That all you need to do is now connect with the family and allow the lifeblood to flow. How many of you know, if you have a tree and you have branches, the branches have to remain connected to the trunk in order to receive the life sap? Yes. That's right. We want to be walking independent branches, which I never see. I never see a branch walking out there on its own. It's not going to happen. The life is in the connection. Jesus said in John chapter 15, he said, you are branches. I am the main trunk. 
separated from me, you can't do anything. And he wasn't just saying, oh, if you're not with me, you're nothing. You can't know it. He wasn't, that was not an attitude thing. It was a truth thing. If you're connected with me, my spirit, my wisdom, my power will flow freely to you and then through you. Amen. And you'll bear fruit. Hallelujah. Amen. And you'll bear life and you'll be, be an agent of change. Hallelujah. Amen. So the last thing is, Get connected with Almighty God through Christ Jesus. If you haven't done so yet, don't wait any longer. It's not an emotion thing. It's an understanding thing. If someone were to come to tell you right now a fact, true, no, no joke. Say, by the way, if you get in four hours, if you get to, to the Poconos and you go to house number 4683, inside there, there's a ticket. That's the winning lotto number. But it, you have to get there within four hours because the office closes in five. And it's yours. What would you do? Nah, you know, I'm not in the mood right now. I have to be in the right mood. I just have to, you know, I just, I'm just not feeling this thing right now. I didn't get sleepy. I got to sleep. What would you do? <laughs> exactly. Forget it. I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care who's with me. I'll say, uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> I, don't care, I don't care what I'm talking to on the phone. I am going to go, and I'm not going to get there in four hours. I'm going to get there in an hour and a half. <laughs> Although you got to watch out for those authorized, deputized guys in the highway, right? And I'm going to get that ticket, bring it to the office, and, <sighs> okay, then I, now I can rest. But it's, so some people, they won't come to Christ because they think they have to be, they have to, be in the right spirit. They have to, uh, have to fix myself first. Uh, no, you don't fix yourself up. God will fix you. Amen. That's another error of many people in church. Well, you can't come into this church. You don't look like a church person. Excuse me. The church is the hospital. I don't care what you look like. Get in here. Because you need to reconnect with Almighty God. The actual physical changes will happen later on. Don't worry about it. Just come in here. All right, emphasis. Sorry. Praise God. So bow your heads with me, and I want you to consider that. But I never, ever, ever want you to be a victim again. Because you're not. You're a prince with God. You're connected to Abraham's family. And that man, they're still talking about him. He's so important in history. He's so important in, in the kingdom of God. God determined that he'll bless through him. And he did. Out came Christ Jesus. Jesus lived the perfect life. He died on the cross... While your head's about, let me read this verse of what happened. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For the Father made the Son, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So in Christ, when you come to Him, the Father clothes you with righteousness. The, God, the, the Father cleanses you from all unrighteousness. He takes the power of the past away from you. Especially those things that would hinder you, those things that would destroy you. And all things are new. Amen. 